Welcome to episode number one of Riskology, where we seek to have conversation around important risk management and insurance topics. I'm your host, Corbin Jackson. Thanks for joining. Now, before I welcome our guest today, I would like to mention a legal disclaimer. The ideas and opinions I share on the show are mine alone and not to reflect in any way on my employer. It's my intention to choose words that contribute to the discussion in a thoughtful and positive way. Joining us on the show today is Glenn Mulready, who is the Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner. He has 35 plus years industry experience, which includes being an insurance broker, health insurance company executive, chair of the House Insurance Committee, and majority floor leader in the Oklahoma House of Representatives. In this episode, we gain insight into his background, the Oklahoma Insurance Department, how the industry can attract new talent, and the greatest lesson he has learned. I'd like to start out and learn a little bit more about your background. Where did you grow up? So I grew up uh, just a little bit east of here in Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, one of one of seven kids and um, um, four girls, three boys. I was the second oldest, and uh, yeah, I had a, had a nice upbringing with great great family uh, there in Massachusetts. Okay, that's awesome. Um, so how did how did you get started in the insurance industry? This was about thirty five years ago. Is that right? It was. I was about four years old when I started. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wish. Um, uh, you know, really, probably like a lot of folks, it, you know, it wasn't a, a planned strategy at all. I ended up, uh, actually, I was in the uh, life insurance business with John Hancock okay. early and just in sales, selling life insurance right. out of their Cape Cod office and, uh, you know, attained some other licenses. And so quickly I was sort of taking some coverage from my hometown agent is really what mm-hmm. happened. And uh, so they, they contacted me. I was quite young, actually, at the time. And uh, so we, uh, they wanted to open a branch office, wanted someone kind of young and aggressive to do that. And so that was how I then went into went to work for an independent insurance agency uh, there, in, there in Massachusetts and uh, was in that um, world for about 12 years okay. in the independent agent system uh, in another state. Okay. What was your favorite part about being on the sales or agent broker side? Well, I think the thing that I loved, having that early part, as I said, of being a, um, I was an agent for a single company, and uh, I, uh, what I enjoyed about being on the broker side as an independent agent was having other markets. So, you know. That's, a, I, that's helpful when dealing with clients. <laughs> right. And, and so when I was, and I probably shouldn't mention them by name, I guess, but when I was with one life insurer and was sitting with someone, and if they had products that matched them, that was great. But if they didn't, I either had to try to convince them that those those were good products for them right. or walk out the door sucking wind and so that was frustrating because I wasn't one who was going to try to convince someone it, you know, it was a product that wasn't good for them that it, that it was and so uh, I liked the flexibility being on the independent agent side the broker side of being able to uh, sort of pick and choose different markets and what fits those needs yeah absolutely so other than being on the agent broker side what other what other areas of the industry have you experienced so then, um, and now we're going to get into a little bit of personal and relocation. Okay. Uh, you know, probably somewhere on there was a question about, well, how the heck did you end up here? <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so I was on the, I was an independent agent, and um, we were. Uh, my my wife is from Oklahoma, and she has a wonderful family. Uh, her dad's health wasn't good, and uh, he was about to have a second leg amputated, 
and uh, we just made a big life decision to move out here and uh, help them uh, get through that. And so I sold my share of an independent agency there in Massachusetts, and uh, we relocated, and uh, and I've never looked back. It's gone uh, very well. But at, at some point there, when I came to uh, Oklahoma, I uh, transitioned more to the health insurance side of things. Now, as an independent agent, I'd been selling products, uh, small group uh, type things, and it had built up a decent little book of business on that so it wasn't like that was a brand new venture for me at all but to solely focus there was was new and so then I ended up uh, heading up a sales uh, uh, team for um, one of Oklahoma's health insurance companies for about six years uh, and then from there was uh, vice president of sales and marketing for the largest health insurer in the uh, in the state of Oklahoma and so got another 12 or 13 years there as uh, really as a health insurance executive uh, and then uh, after that, went back to the independent uh, side of things, but strictly in employee benefits. So, okay. Uh, for about 10 years there, uh, we had a group in Tulsa. We had a dozen or a dozen to 15 employees at any given time, and uh, we worked solely with employers uh, on their health insurance and group life and disability, uh, all their employee benefits. Okay. What size of employers did you work with during that time? You know, we really worked with everything. I mean, from uh, you know, two two employees uh, that's that small with, with some other folks in our office, uh, but then you know my largest client. Uh, y- you know, I had uh, one of the large companies here in Oklahoma that just paid me uh, a consulting fee. To just they wanted to transition away from the plan they were with, okay. and so uh, you know I think they had six or seven thousand employees, so quite the quite the range. But uh, but here in Oklahoma, it's a small it's a small employer world. Right. So for the most part. Uh, you know, our sweet spot was sort of there, I don't know, between 25 and uh, two, 250 or something is, is sort of our sweet spot, if you will. Okay. Yeah. So how did you decide to become an insurance commissioner or the insurance commissioner, and, and what did that process look like? And just take me through the process of the campaign and, and how all that took place. Yeah, that's a great, great question. I've actually uh, a couple times publicly speaking with my wife was there, and I I like to joke that it was always her dream to be the first lady of insurance. You know, <laughs> not true at all, but uh, yeah. So what happened was I then uh, in 2010, uh, and let me back up. Prior to that, I was very involved with my professional association. Uh, just, just has always been engaged. I was the uh, actually the legislative chair for the association, so I was tracking legislation, reporting back to our membership, uh, bills that were floating out there or pos- potentially being passed, and how that would impact. Our, our careers as well as our industry and uh, so I had done that and um, so I always had a strong interest in the legislative process and in policy and uh, so in 2010 I uh, ran for uh, state representative my state representative was about to be done due to term limits he couldn't serve any longer and um, so you know we talked about what that could look like uh, the Oklahoma legislative session is four months long basically February 1st through June 1st that really was the slowest time of, of the benefits side of the world. So I thought that could uh, dovetail uh, pretty well. And indeed it did. So I ran and was elected to be state representative. And so I quickly uh, kind of became the insurance guy at the Capitol, uh, whether that had to do with uh, property and casualty issues or uh, uh, health insurance, life insurance, whatever it was. Uh, eventually then chaired the insurance committee. And then uh, uh, the latter part of my time there, I served as the majority floor leader. So enjoyed that uh, very much and, and did well, you know, garnered a good amount of respect at the Capitol. And um, as the, again, the insurance guy, in quotes. Every, everyone needs an insurance guy, right? I know. <laughs> and, uh, 
But then similarly, you know, Commissioner Doak, our, our current insurance commissioner, was about to be done due to term limits. And uh, I, as I kind of looked and thought at that, I thought that was a great opportunity for me to sort of serve in a bigger capacity, a greater capacity, the state of Oklahoma, in an area that I you know, really had committed my life to, you know, that I had a, a lot of experience in, uh, and I really had experience, you know, from a uh, independent agent side, from uh, a company side, from a PNC side to a, a life and health side. So I had to quite a broad range of experience that I thought would be helpful to, to put to work for the, the state of Oklahoma. And so um, uh, after much thought and prayer with my wife and, and boys and what that would mean to me, I mean to us uh, as a family, uh, we, we did jump in and that then campaigned for uh, really a, a year and a half. Is uh, It's just, it's a lot of work to get yeah. around our whole state and talk to as many people as you can. And so about a year and a half of campaigning uh, culminated in November uh, in uh, my election. That's great. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So what was the first day like uh, being an insurance commissioner? How, do, how was that feeling? So, well, uh, uh, truthfully, I guess, you know, technically I take office right at the, at the oath. So I took over at, I don't know, noontime on the, on the 14th. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that time frame there was spent mainly uh, visiting with, um, with folks at the Capitol. They have a big kind of receiving line at the Capitol for folks to come by and, 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 and shake your hands to all the statewide elected officials and, and just visit for a minute. So that was, that was real fun, again, especially after you invest a year and a half of your, your life and time away from your family, and uh, that was a kind of a, a peak moment, a peak day. Uh, but really, my, my first day here in this office in Oklahoma City, uh, I walked in the front door, and uh, I quickly saw a little commotion, and I immediately went over there to the right, and we come in, and we had a little flood in our building. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and so, yeah, my first uh, first uh, hour of my first day, I was, uh, you know, bailing water into a trash can and trying to help. Uh, wow. So we, we, <laughs> we, we joked for a bit that, uh, you know, I had my first disaster response, and it yeah. was in our own building. <laughs> yeah, so, that's great. Uh, but otherwise... Um, and I will just um, put, put a shout out to Commissioner Doak. He was very gracious in that he allowed me to move into this office, into his office in Oklahoma City, uh, while he camped out of the Tulsa office mm. for at least a month prior to taking office. So that gave me a really great opportunity to, uh, you know, meet all the employees. We've got, you know, a great working team of uh, basically 125 employees here, and uh, so I got to meet. I met one-on-one for 30 minutes with every employee who supervises anyone, and and then met in small groups of, of four or less with all the other employees. And so you you typically aren't going to get that kind of an opportunity when coming into any organization. Uh, so it was great to kind of have that chance to kind of get oriented and get to know who, who the team uh, was and where we might want to make some changes to be uh, more efficient and serve Oklahomans better. So I'm very thankful for Commissioner Doak for uh, letting that. So. You know, technically my first day, that may be what happened, but I didn't, I, you know, because I sort of uh, hit, uh, you know, it's like being on a treadmill, but you start out slow and you're able to kind of ramp that right. up. Uh, we were able to hit the ground running pretty well uh, here at, right after the inauguration. Yeah, that's great. So as you begin to navigate this role as insurance commissioner, how important is it to establish relationships and connections with other insurance commissioners in other states? I mean, is there a communication there? Um, are you are you trading advice back and forth and seeing what works, what doesn't work, or how, how does that work? Yeah, there's there's a lot. We have um, we are part of the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, the NEIC. Uh, there are 56 insurance commissioners, 
and uh, some of the folks that might hear this might wonder about that, as I did when I first heard that, because I was pretty sure there were only 50 states. Right. <laughs> but, uh, of course, then quickly learned that it's the U.S. territories are part of that as well. So uh, there's 56 insurance commissioners part of that. And they have um, a number of committees, you know, a private and casualty committee and a health committee and um, the finance. And, and so they, they, they break that up and assign commissioners to all of those. Uh, and there's there's a lot of conversation back and forth between commissioners from um, continual conference calls. Matter of fact, I mean it's tough to, to get straight out of the gates here. And so, um, and then there's three meetings a year, large national meetings. Uh, uh, so those will go on for a few days, and uh, all kinds of meetings within those meetings. And so there's a lot of conversation back and forth. There's a lot of learning from each other, but you also have situations where you might have problems with an insurance company like mm -hmm. you know hey we're seeing this in our state here's what they're doing here's what we don't like that they're doing what are you guys seeing and so there's those sort of conversations that take place uh, so you'll end up with um, uh, what we would call a multi-state market conduct survey so multiple states that might be seeing those same issues come together and uh, you know they'll the, but they're basically ended up auditing these insurance companies to make sure they're doing things properly and correctly and um, and so we do a lot of things jointly like that and same thing um, on the financial side which is a big part of the job that the average person may not think of but that is just ensuring that insurance companies have the financial wherewithal to pay the claims that they've committed to you know the um, Oklahomans are buying contracts to cover themselves in the event something bad happens right no matter what that is mm -hmm. whether that's a health insurance, a health scare, or a car accident, or their house burns down, or there's a tornado. I mean, these aren't fun things that uh, insurance right. is taking care of for folks. So uh, our job is to make sure that those companies uh, have their finances in order so that they can take care of those obligations that they've committed to. Um, so there's a lot of that takes place at the national level. I've had some good opportunity to meet a number of the commissioners previous to taking office. Uh, as, uh, as a state legislator, I attended a number of those meetings over the years. Uh, typically at least once a year for maybe five five or six years that I attended an NEIC meeting being invited by Commissioner Doak. Uh, he would invite a couple of legislators to join those meetings and so with my uh, uh, interest in insurance issues so I was able to meet a number of the insurance commissioners uh, and at that same time I was involved with an organization called NCOIL, the National Council of Insurance Legislators. It's an organization that uh, for insurance legislators who specialize in insurance most folks might find that very funny exciting. That there's, yeah, <laughs> there is such a thing, but there is end coil. There's nerds out there like that. <laughs> and so uh, I was I was heavily involved there and in, in some some leadership roles there uh, late. But that also gave me some great exposure nationally to uh, folks folks like me. I mean, legislate state legislators from other states, and um, there too, there's a lot of sharing of information about what they're seeing in their states and what they're doing. We would both organizations actually work on. Uh, model legislation or model acts was an issue that really all of us are facing so sometimes it makes sense on bigger issues like that to to come together and bring private industry bring the insurance uh, companies bring the regulators from each state and kind of hammer out okay if we're going to do this uh, and pass legislation to address this issue and um, it, it's not a quick process right it takes a while processing through all that but eventually you come out with, uh, with with model legislation that you can at least put out there and tell states, hey, this is something that's been well vetted, and um, they don't have to ad adopt that or, or try to pass that, but there's some uh, 
model legislation that they can feel pretty good about has been vetted from from all angles over a long period of time at different groups within the industry. So um, that's what those two organizations do. And um, yeah, and I look forward to working with uh, uh, our insurance commissioners. I did have my first commissioners only meeting about a month ago. How did that go? Uh, it was good. It was it was really good. It's just very helpful to have you know, even just to be sitting at lunch and right. having a, an insurance commissioner on one side of you from another state and another and one from the other side to just bounce some things off. These national meetings, the big national meetings, they're big, like really big, like thousands of participants. And uh, I, I know just as a participant, as a legislator, how crazy it is and trying to get to the different meetings and many of them overlap. And uh, so the having this commissioners only together was, was a really nice opportunity for me to hear from others and get to know uh, some of my colleagues there. Right. So how, given the scale of the Oklahoma Insurance Department, how does the department go about educating the public on insurance? What are some unique ways that you found that that work so far? Or well, I, I, don't, um, I, I don't pretend to think that I have found some unique ways at this point. Uh, just we're less than 60 days in, I guess, at this point, or maybe we're right about at 60 days. But um, what I do see that as a key role of the of the um, commissioner's office, because I think the number one role is consumer protection, right? So uh, the, that's the number one priority is to protect consumers uh, here in Oklahoma, and I think a part of that is having educated consumers. And uh, a lot of folks aren't educated on their insurance issues. They get their insurance policy, and maybe it gets filed away, and not the what we used to call the circular file, right? right? <laughs> and uh, and they never look at it again, or maybe they look at it one year from then or something. And so um, we use social media a lot. Uh, we have some um, public service announcements that, that we do. And so, uh, you know, with, with our communications director, uh, Liz, here, we will often um, we'll just bounce, bounce off ideas. And uh, uh, I actually texted her this, this weekend while I was away, just not for her to do anything, but <laughs> to uh, just, hey, let's bounce this idea off. What about a campaign about this? And so right. I, I think it's more just collaboratively thinking through how do we educate consumers and, um, and, and make sure they're educated, they can make good decisions uh, on insurance uh, to protect them and their families. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, so during my research, I found something called the uh, Insurance Business Transfer Act. Yes. Is that something that you can expand on or tell <coughs> us a little bit about? I can. Uh, IBT, uh, yes. uh, Insurance Business Transfer Transfer. Uh, and, and I can because, number one, I was the author of that legislation, uh, the House author, uh, last year, and it just went into effect November 1st, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a unique um, opportunity here in Oklahoma. Uh, Rhode Island has a similar um, piece that they passed. It's not as, as broad uh, and as flexible as ours, but it allows... Um, for a, uh, an insurance company to transfer a block of business, if you will, uh, to another company. Uh, so these, those contracts would move over there, but it allows for protections in there uh, to allow for consumers, uh, contract holders, to um, uh, number one, receive notice that that is in the works, number two, to, uh, to be heard, uh, because eventually through that process, it'll be heard in district court. So what we did with ours our legislation was uh, we really have sort of a three-step process, if you will, or so it needs to be approved um, uh, by an independent expert, uh, and those are submitted by both uh, transferring and transferee companies there, and then needs to be approved by the insurance commissioner, 
uh, and then it needs to be approved by the district court. And so we think that uh, three-step process, if you will, helps to uh, protect folks uh, versus, uh, you know, some original I ideas where just have the insurance commissioner approve uh, something like that. And so uh, we found that uh, everyone felt a whole lot more at ease and it was a better approach to have a, a bigger process. And so it's really modeled after um, um, part seven transfers that have taken place in the UK and in Europe. So okay. this has been going on over there for, uh, for decades the ability to do that. We really just haven't had that in the United States. Right. And so we are really kind of pioneering this uh, insurance business transfer. I was just in Florida on Friday at a meeting speaking about it, actually. Okay. Are and many states doing it? No. we. I mean, uh, Rhode Island uh, has one, but theirs is just is, is limited uh, only to property and casualty okay. uh, and commercial property and casualty. Our, our legislation uh, is, is, is wide open, really, I mean, to any... Um, any piece of business that an insurance company might want to do. And in fact, we had a meeting, uh, Commissioner Doak actually hosted a meeting in the maybe early fall, late summer, early fall on IBT. And uh, we had uh, 150 people show up from wow. across the country and a couple of them from across the pond, if you will, okay. <laughs> from the UK came over uh, to hear and learn about it. I had a CEO of an insurance company that's domiciled here in Oklahoma come up to me and uh, during a break and asked, Glenn, I, we need to get together with my CFO for lunch or coffee, and I need you to explain to me what does this mean to me. And I told him it doesn't mean to need, it, it doesn't have to mean anything to you. Uh, that if you don't want to take advantage of it, it has no impact on you whatsoever. Uh, however, I said, you know, can you think of a segment of your business that you might at some point not want to grow or you've stopped selling that product right and that maybe you could sell that off to some other group and and, and focus your capital elsewhere and something that you are focused on and of course his response was well yeah of course i could you know and he rattled off a product line and i said well that, that all this does is give you another tool to address that if that time comes and you want to do that it's a process that will be in place to allow you to do that and so uh, it has to be a company domiciled in Oklahoma, which I think is good for, for Oklahoma. And I can tell you that there are a number of states now, <clears throat> because of the uh, energy um, and attention that this has gotten, uh, that are they're now moving forward with their own legislation and uh, potential okay. to to, uh, to move similar uh, legislation. I was teasing a friend from another state who was in that process uh, just uh, early last week, and I told him that they absolutely should move forward, just move real slowly. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, we've got a number of, in, we've got uh, one in the works right now. Okay. And uh, so uh, I'm quite confident our first one will, will, will work well and be successful. And then I think that will help uh, allay some of the fears that folks might have about this. Uh, so what they want to, what they're going to be doing is, uh, it, through that process, is ensuring that the policyholders, the contract holders, are not worse off than they were under the original contracted company. That's really what we're okay. trying to ensure is that uh, someone's not dumping a book of business off right. to then let it die a slow death, right? But, but they want to move to a, a company, and, and that puts the policyholders in a position at least as good as it was previously. Great. So switching gears a little bit to health insurance, is there anything going on right now from a legislative point of view to expand health insurance options for the end consumer? Yes. Yeah, we have got a number of things uh, in the works. Um, our, our priorities of the legislature were uh, association health plans and short-term uh, medical limited duration plans. 
So those are two areas where the federal administration, the Trump administration, uh, I don't know when that was, four or five months ago, uh, changed the rules or, or relaxed the rules around those. And uh, unfortunately, our statutes are more strict than the current federal rules. So what we're attempting to do with the legislature this year is really just change our statutes to uh, marry those up with the federal uh, guidelines that have just, just recently changed. So we want to allow, uh, you know, I, I have always been uh, advocating for choices. I mean, I campaigned, right. I campaigned about trying to bring more choices for Oklahomans. It was an editorial in the paper a couple of weeks ago, and it was a um, maybe a silly reference to flavors of ice cream and, uh, and, and uh, our, our choices in health insurance, but uh, I, it's a big goal of mine to try to bring more choices to Oklahomans. And so uh, along those lines, we will be changing uh, or attempting to change the association health plans uh, to allow um, sole proprietors to be part of that, not just groups of two or more. Uh, and also our current statutes say that a, a, an association has to have been an association for at least five years. Well, we don't want to have that restriction on there if some, some uh, associations are, are, are forming or you know we want them to be able to jump in and take take advantage of that uh, out of the gate so absolutely and then the short-term medical side uh, years ago uh, pre-ACA pre-affordable care act short-term plans were around and they were used often for uh, maybe kids graduating from college not quite at their first job with benefits and sort of filling some short-term gaps uh, and they and they, they served a purpose they basically went away after the affordable care act the rule changes recently uh, changed those to allow folks to sell short-term plans that are 364 days, it's basically a year, and then to allow those to, you can renew those up to three times. Well, our current statutes say a short-term plan is six months or less. So uh, what we're attempting to change in the legislature is to, again, marry that up to the federal changes to 364 days and renewals up to three years. So, uh, yeah, we believe that those will bring uh, bring more choices uh, to Oklahomans. Away from the legislature, I I'm also working um, with our uh, with th the feds in trying to bring an additional option into our marketplace. The marketplace where the, was the uh, you know what was often referred to as the Obamacare exchanges, right? Uh, formerly called the marketplace, uh, capital M. And uh, so we started out with six health plans. That second year we had four. Then we had two. Then for a couple of years we had one only option in the marketplace for individuals. This past year, um, thank the Lord, we uh, added another option. So we have two choices for Oklahomans in the marketplace. And we are attempting to get a third, but there's some, some federal hurdles that are in the way. And so I've been, uh, with Senator Lankford's help, uh, we, he and I got together a few weeks ago for lunch and he asked how he could, how he could help me. And I said, uh, well, since you asked, <laughs> we're having some trouble with this issue. And so we, he, uh, we got a conference call done that next week and uh, has some of his folks helping us on that. So we're, we're trying to deliver some more options to the marketplace for individual health insurance too. So That's I great. believe that my role as a commissioner is, is, is to be selling our state to the insurance industry. Right. I know Governor Stitt is talking about uh, trying to attract business here and, and, and jobs and good paying jobs. And I'm, I'm all in about that, but just trying to stay in my lane of insurance. So who, who can we get to come to our state and offer their products and, and employ people. And, and I think that's part of my role is uh, putting on my sales hat and selling the state and the insurance industry here uh, in Oklahoma for folks as a good place to come and do business. That's great. That's a great segue into my next question as well, as far as 
it's often said that there's a talent or age gap within our industry currently. And so you'll go into an organization. More than the three years <laughs> to separate us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the three. Uh, <laughs> often you'll see, you know, a lot of gray hairs in an organization. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of wisdom that comes along with that, right? Um, so what are, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, what are some ways that we can better promote the industry to the younger generations? That's a really great question. Uh, you know, yesterday on the airplane, I just read an article about really that exact thing in a, in a, in a, in a trade journal and how do we attract young people uh, to the industry. And, um, you know, personally, I've got some experience in my past uh, working with young people and really from a church youth standpoint, I mean, many, many years, my wife and I. And uh, so I've just kind of I've always had a, had a heart for younger people and trying to engage them. And so, you know, when I first came here, I, I started talking about um, uh, increasing and making a more robust intern, intern program. And so I think uh, whether you're talking about the insurance department or insurance companies, uh, that's a great avenue to, you know, there's college kids all the time looking for internships. And, um, you know, I'd love to see us do more. Uh, we've had some stuff here with actuaries. There's an act, you know, an actuarial program at a, at a university here in Oklahoma City. So we've had that that's gone on for years. But uh, I know personally, I'd love to see us, you know, just bring in some sharp college kid that has really, in his mind, no interest in insurance, but kind of introduce right. the world to him. Let's let's have him in as an intern, figure out what we can do and how we can help us, but then how we can help him. And so. Um, I, I have some goals and, and uh, aspirations, if you will, there to try to uh, help in that area, too, because we do need to try to attract more young people. And just last night, I got home from a trip, and we were talking. I have three teenage sons. One's away at college, and two of them were there. We were just talking about uh, the insurance industry, which isn't typical conversation around our living room, just <laughs> in case anyone was wondering. Uh, but having just come from this, this meeting and this uh, event, and uh, it just led into this whole conversation about the different things you can do in insurance and, uh, and as well led to how, how many people can do quite well within the insurance industry. And so just sort of trying to broaden my own son's eyes. And so I think we need to do more of that too and uh, sort of the, the wide array within the industry of, of opportunities and positions, whether that's an actuary or, or, or a salesperson uh, or financial analyst side of things uh, you know our, our biggest area here at the department is on the financial analyst and financial examiner side of things and so um, there's there's broad opportunity and and gosh there's plenty of opportunity for attorneys as well in our world. <laughs> I'm sure but yeah I, I think painting a broader picture a bigger picture for young people and I do think I think a key part of that for many insurance companies would be uh, the intern program and, and exposing them getting them in their companies and uh, the article that I read last night, I think it said that they had a 45% uh, retention, if you would, on interns into their company as, as new Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. That's a great pathway to take from an internship perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So a couple of final questions for you. Okay. Um, you know, throughout your career, I'm sure there's been some ups and downs. Um, how would you say, how would you say failure has shaped your life? That's a great question. Um, I, I I'm a. <laughs> I don't want this quote out there, do I? But but I'm a big um, proponent of failures. <laughs> okay. In what way? In the way that I think that um, as a leader, if you're not failing, you're just not pushing hard enough, or you're not trying hard enough. And I, I you know, I want to convey that to, to our folks here too. That uh, you know, 
that failure's failure's okay. Uh, it's more than okay. It's it's almost a requirement, I think, in order to learn from that. And because I think it's just as important to learn, you know, what what doesn't work. Um, but you're you're pushing the envelope. You're trying to make change in a positive way always. And yeah, it, um, you are you are inevitably going to fail. And so um, I think. I know that we often learn more from our failures than we do from our successes. And uh, so, not to be taking that quote out of context, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in failures and, um, and, and just pushing. I, mean, I don't yeah. care whether that's you know, in, in the business world with the insurance department here or, or personally or, or physically. You know, if you're not failing at some things, you're not, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Yeah. That's why I try to encourage my boys with all the time. So, yeah, absolutely. So. I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, last question. What is the greatest lesson you've learned? Wow. Greatest lesson I've learned. I, I would, um, generally, I think I would have to say that it's, uh, it's about listening. Um, uh, so, uh, y- you know, and, and as after I just sat here and talked a whole bunch, I'm saying <laughs> it's about listening. So it's contradictory. But, uh, yeah, that I, I, I think um, any success that I've, uh, endured or relationships that uh, I have um, uh, developed and, and maintained, uh, I would have to say that uh, the, the key, a key critical component is is, is listening and uh, and uh, you know trying to trying to understand whether you're talking about people and where they are at and trying to understand where they're coming from, uh, or whether you're you're talking about a problem or just a real practical issue. Uh, you know, listening is just a critically critically important. And so many times. Especially when we get with people, uh, I think we're we're talking and we're, we're not really listening, uh, or we're listening, we're not hearing. In right, words. active listening. Right, right. <laughs> we're we're engaged, thinking of how I'm going to respond to that, what I'm going to say before we're. So I I sure try to practice that. I think that's been um, my best lesson, sort of through my my career and and life uh, with relationships has been uh, the key key part of listening. Absolutely. Well, thank you, uh, Commissioner Mulready. I really do appreciate your time here today. Um, what's the best way for people to get connected with you online or engage with the Oklahoma Insurance Department? Well, we have uh, our Facebook page, Oklahoma okay. Insurance Department. Okay. Uh, and we have a website uh, as well, uh, oid.ok.gov. Uh, it's a little, little complicated there with the government website, <laughs> but um, uh, there's that. And uh, uh, that's probably the best opportunities through the website or through our Facebook page. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Okay.